We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you for a Saturday evening edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We coming, we're coming to you a little bit early in the evening because the Mavericks played their second straight road game, this time against the Toronto Raptors, and they walked away with a 103-95 victory. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think we were going to be at DEFCON 1 if the first quarter continued throughout the rest of the game. But I think thankfully for both of our, our mental states, uh, things turned around and Mavericks got a win, which is which is fine. Yeah, and I think we should circle back onto some of kind of the bigger picture things that we're seeing a little later. But but in to, to give anyone that missed the game a rundown, essentially the Mavericks – looked like crap again on offense and it bled over into their defense and they were losing to the Toronto Raptors uh, who are the Raptors are going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. Like they'll put up a good fight, but they're kind of like an ideal stealth tanking team where they have a young, great player in Scotty Barnes. Fred Van Vliet is just not good enough to be that guy. And I think OG Ananobi is he he's like the Toronto KP where he wants to be one thing and he's really something else. And, and it's just going to take him a while to figure out where, you know, where he fits in the NBA hierarchy. He's a really good player. Um, but they're just not very great is, is kind of the summary. And they, they played last night and beat the pants off the Boston Celtics. Um, and then really came out looking good tonight against the Mavericks and by halftime, the Mavericks had sort of figured out something. Um, in the second, third, and fourth quarters, they scored over 25 points, which is something they failed to do in the f- previous five quarters in the in the season. And some of that can be attributed to shot making and just shots finally falling. Um, 
the first quarter and, and the first half, the Mavs really shot the ball poorly from three just as a team. Um, and then in the, the third quarter, and I'm going to be very interested to hear your take on this. I, I thought in the third quarter they stopped doing some of the stupid horse shit they've done in the f- first one and a half games. Like Luka Doncic got to play basketball. And what do you know <laughs> when Luka Doncic gets to play basketball and, and gets to do the things he's good at, they're good. They built up a pretty good lead uh, and then let Toronto back in it a little bit late. This is like the final score is a little misleading. Like the Mavericks had them beat pretty well heading into the fourth quarter and then just kind of had to keep them at bay. Uh, well, they were only up two to enter the fourth quarter, uh, but they oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got up by 16 though. Pretty quickly. the Raptors forgot to, they could not score points in the fourth yes, quarter. They're, they're going to be the worst half court offense. In oh my God. This year. Yeah, but you're right. Third quarter. Uh, it definitely felt like there was a lot of, okay. You know, I don't know if it was coaching staff, Luca, but it was like enough full. It kind of felt like, okay, enough fooling around. Uh, let's do like what ran we some do. high screen and roll. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, yeah. Luca made what, uh, he was two of four from deep one of two for mid range, two of two at the rim, four, uh, eight, uh, three. So he's five of eight from the field in the third quarter. Uh, that's some really awesome math in real time there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, looked really good. And they, they just, they stopped doing this weird, you know, Luca passed the ball and kind of stand, you know, obviously I don't think they want him to just stand, but that's kind of mm-hmm. what Luca has been doing. And they're just let, Hey, Luca, go, go do things. And when turns out when you, when you let a guy as good as Luca do things, uh, things look a lot better. It's really funny to look at the first half, second half splits. Um, just as a team in the first half, the Mavs were uh, only made what, four total three pointers. Uh, in the second half, they made 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really funny because, I mean, what was we we were told that this team needs to shoot less three pointers, and they absolutely won this game because, because they stopped they shot, doing their yeah, yeah they yeah. stopped doing that stupid offense, whatever they wanted to call an offense through the first five quarters of this season. And we're like, let's just do the things we're good at spread, pick, and roll, one big on the floor uh use pal as a dive man and not as like a weird off-ball paint clogger um let luca run pick and rolls no dorian finney smith post-ups uh no christoph's post-ups uh his post-ups went significantly down in the second half i think he took some like just as a sidebar like he's shooting the ball terribly to start the year he finished seven of 20 the other night he was five of 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 uh no he was four of 13 so for those he was for those of you who can, who can do math, he is yeah. 11 of 33 on the season. And he was 5 of 18 before two garbage time laps. So. Yeah, yeah. And But I feel like his, just as a sidebar, I feel like his shot quality tonight was way better. Like less forced, like like 17-foot mm-hmm. post-up back downs, some, some quicker moves, some simpler stuff. Like he, he botched a dunk, which would have helped. And I just wanted to note that because – I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, the resident Porzingis, you know, shin kicker. And I think that, that overall he, his defense is more active. He had four blocks and a steal tonight. Like he he's doing enough to where I'm not thinking about how piss poor his offense has actually been. <laughs> yeah. His defense was really good tonight. Uh, but I, I would probably challenge you on some of the shots in the first, okay. like, in the first half. I mean, he took, I counted at least two really bad fadeaway post-ups that had zero chance of going in. 
Uh, and the second half, he did make a cut. Like, I think he had that. that it was a simple that, turnaround from, yes. like, the second peg that was like, yes. can we do more of that? Yes, can like, he do like that our, every time? Yes. Our, our man Isaac over, at, and I, I got to tease, I'm going to tease him about this later. Like, he said, unicorn sighting. And I'm like, this is a shot they teach you in the sixth grade. Like, this is not, <laughs> just do simple stuff, Porzingis. It will work out well for you because you are huge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, when he, you know, when you're playing a team like the Raptors, you could totally win or be, get a double digit lead with him being crap on offense, but being, you know, special on defense, which he was pretty mm-hmm. special. I mean, he, he walled off the rim and for a Raptors team that really doesn't have like a go-to kind of score to funnel the offense through as much as Van Vliet, I think is probably that guy for them. You know, it's just, there's only so much he can do. Like well, the, this is, it's worth noting too, that this is the first time the Mavericks have won in Toronto since 2014. <laughs> Like that's kind. Of, I mean, that's seven years, eight years. That's nuts, and and I I don't know. I I'm glad they won. A lot of the first half problems should you know it's there's two ways of looking at this. They figured something out in the second half, which was stop making this so damn complicated, or yep. they realized they needed to get a win and they're going to go back and do the same stuff that they did in the first half. Which, I mean, one of the jumping off points that I would like to discuss, and I'm, I'm curious to see how much you think it means. If you look at this box score, this box score looks like out of something from a late nineties game. Luca is playing 39 minutes. Hardaway is playing 39 minutes. Dorian Finney Smith is playing 36 minutes. They really only use three guys off the bench at any extended amount. And I would argue that all three guys that played off the bench need five, five to seven more minutes of action. Um, Kleba Bullock and Brunson all played between 17 and 23 minutes. And I don't understand why I thought at least the, the idea was Dorian should really probably play about 25 minutes a game. He like, he had seven shot attempts in the first half like that, that can, I mean, granted he finished with a plus 15, but he took two shots in the second half and just did what he does. I'm very curious as to sort of what the rotation point is because I don't want to see like maybe I'm just so used to Carlisle ball, but I, I just I thought that was odd. Am I reading too much into this? I mean, Reggie Bullock not cracking 20 minutes in the first two games is a thing. Like he was your offseason acquisition, man. He was mm-hmm. you had a quiet offseason, but he was the guy you brought in, another three and D wing to put next to Luca. He was a, a very good starter on a good Knicks playoff team. Uh, and the fact that he seems to be regulated to like, you know, eighth man that occasionally pl- that doesn't even play that much is is very bizarre. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He had to spend some time away from the team during the preseason with a personal issue. I think he missed three out of the four preseason games. But, you know, he's the type of veteran that I wouldn't think that that would be the case for him. You know, I wouldn't think that would be the reason for him not playing that much. I mean, maybe it is just to give him the benefit of the doubt. But uh, it's weird, you know. I mean, the two off, the only two guys that they brought in that are we know are going to be rotation guys that are new are Bullock and Brown. They combined for twenty six minutes tonight and one point. Yeah, um, that's like not, that's not a sustainable path to success. And I no, I mean because really we've seen this of... team like this is I'm, <laughs> this is going to be like really mean. But like I mean, uh, this is the same team from November twenty nineteen, and I we know how this story ends for that. For this five, six group, seven, seven groups of you know, seven group of guys. Like, uh, I'm really happy that they beat a, a horrible Toronto team that was on the second night of a back to back. But like, 
when you've had a team that's been together for this long, it's hard to gin up like taking things away from these regular season games. You know, like I, I just kind of want to fast forward to the playoffs. I, I'm going on a really huge tangent, but you know, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to be jumping up and down for joy after some of these regular season games where they look like this, uh, even though they pull out a win, because I mean, we've seen this roster together for so long. And right. I was hoping for some sort of creativity and we're just not seeing anything different past, frankly, basketball concepts, which are not efficient. And I think this is kind of a nice, a nice transition point because well, we want to note that we're delighted the Mavericks went one. What I'm seeing a lot in my discussions with people is you need to give the system a chance. And here's here's the thing. And and I want you to stop me at any point where I'm misstating things, Josh, because I, I don't want to be unclear on this. I think we're talking like the, the Mavericks kind of fan community is talking in a very circular argument for what we saw in the first half and last game, the system that they were using is and a lot of the plays and the concepts for where they were getting shots is inefficient and bad. Like there is, I I don't know. I don't like having this argument with people because I don't want to say when I'm discussing with someone, I think you're stupid. But when I explain to you or we walk through and say the shot attempts that they were getting were not, good shot attempts by any measure there's really no way around that then you pair it with the fact that they're doing these sorts of things with players who cannot do them dorian finney smith should never post up full stop so what we're talking about here is and and then dwight powell also exacerbates things so it's like the simple solution in the first half for me before they even started that game was just get Powell out of the game, run something different with like Maxi in and create a little more space. If they're insistent on doing some of this post-up stuff, it, it, it will give them a little more space, but then understand guys that the post-ups that they're running are bad shots. Luca is the only person on that team who should realistically shoot a post-up. I, I don't know how. So it's like, we're talking both scheme. That's not great. And then players that aren't great and don't fit the scheme. So it's it's a circular argument of frustration. Am, am I explaining that right or, or or what? Yeah, no, I know because a lot of a lot of people want to be like, "Hey, give this scheme some time," and we're trying to be like, "No, you." <laughs> Dwight Powell and Kristaps Porzingis standing next to each other while Luca is Ooh. driving in the rim. That's not the scheme. Um, so, like, that's not going to make things better. Like Dorian Finney-Smith posting up, like that's not. They can post him up 300 times this season. He's not going to be that much better at it from post-up number one to post-up number 300. Yeah. Uh, There was one post-up Luca had where Dwight Powell ran at him. It was like the kind of cut that you see in an elementary school basketball game. I appreciate that that there is a need for off-ball action. But what we have been seeing through – a significant portion of two games is off-ball movement for the sake of it. It is purposeless movement. Yeah, and I think it really summed it up in this first half. There were two instances. Uh, one, Kristaps and Dwight Powell both rolled to the rim at the exact same time, <laughs> which was very funny. Uh, and then Powell rolled to the rim while Kristaps was posting up. 
which was almost like the same thing. And and it's like the only thing, like like you know, the only thing I can think of, and I think I said this. I can't. I don't know if I said this in the post I wrote after the Hawks game, or if I said on Twitter, if I said on Slack. The only thing I think of is that Kirk, you've been on this in terms of like movement, and the Mavericks were not a very big off-ball movement team in terms of like cutting and finishing cutting plays. I think they were one of the lowest teams in the league the last, last season. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they were that high the season before that. But there was so, a little more. There was right, a lot right. of standing last year. And I, I yeah. need to give the – I want people to understand that, that when we're having these discussions that I do agree with some points of what's occurring or what we saw last year. Yeah. And so I will give them the benefit of the doubt that it's like, hey, if they've been told to cut more and they're not used to it, they need to get the timings down. Like, sure. you know, they just, they, they need to be more comfortable in doing that. But then, you know, some of it is just like, so that's part of it. But then some of it is just weird, lazy play design that we saw, you know, against the Hawks and some of it we saw here. Um, and some of it is lineups. Like, you know, you know, if you have Powell and Kristaps on the floor at the same time, like you have to use Powell. Like you can't, any possession that you run offensively with those two on the floor and pal is just a bystander is, is a failed possession. So I don't know if it's, it's just figuring that out, get, you know, kind of get the shake the rust off of learning some, some new tendencies and and a new person telling you different things. Uh, I think the thing that's just kind of crazy is that it just, it just fell like part of me was like, okay, kid could do some damage to this offense. If he, if he doesn't change how he coached back in Milwaukee, but I was like, I mean, they've been this team has been drilled offensively by Carlisle for so long I just figured some of it wouldn't go away so fast but there have been moments in these first two games where it looks like they've been zapped by that men in black uh memory thing and and like they just step back on the court five mm-hmm. minutes later and it's like like I, it's just curious how how so far from from some of the good thing like not everything they did under Carlisle was bad like there was some stuff that they could have salvaged and moved brought forward and sometimes it just looks like well, i think they're gonna have to good. yeah I mean, we saw some of it in the second half which is like like they were yeah it, it's hard to describe this but the mavericks go away from 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 basic pick and roll for huge stretches of these first two games and luka Doncic is perhaps the finest pick and roll basketball player in modern history i i would put him up against anyone and so to remove that and put it in a side pick and roll occasionally situation is such a it's a massive waste and and so I never thought we would have spent this much time talking about the offense these first two games because it shouldn't have come to this what it should have come to was some defensive discussion and I think there's some real defensive criticisms that we could label at the Mavericks like like and I'm I'm not sure if you want to get into that just yet but it's it's very curious that we're, we're that we're here this early because I, I remember gosh I've been thinking about this all night and I just remembered where I heard it in the opening scene of or opening uh, of Thirty Rock uh, the the old comedy series Jack Donaghy oh don't call it old Kirk it is don't, old though oh, I regret it's I mean it ran for seven years and then finished like five years ago it is old but J- Jack Donaghy explains to um, the producer guy I can't remember his name sometimes he- you have to. You have to take a thing that works perfectly well and break it in order to make it your own. And I've been thinking about that (laughs) for two games because it's, oh, I got to put my stamp on this. And, you know, 
there have been people in my mentions saying, well, do you want them to fire Jason Kidd? And the answer is yes, but I, I'm not a <laughs> moron. I know that's not going to happen. Like, like if anybody thinks that Josh and I double down on takes, like, again, Mark Cuban kept Donnie Nelson employed after he stormed out of the draft room and blew the 2020 draft. Like, this is a, like, the Mavericks didn't counter that with any, oh, this is nonsense because it happened. They're not letting Jason Kidd go. Like, he's going to be a part of our lives for some time now. Um, but I, I, they just have to figure out ways to adapt into it. And, and the, you know, one follower who I have really good discussions with said, you know, I, I hope we can take some things from that second half and move forward. And, and I agree, but I'm just not, I just don't know if that's, that's going to be the case. Yeah. Like what happens if the first quarter starts off like the first quarter of these last two games and they, like, do they have to keep doing this process where they're trying to, to slam a square peg into a round hole. And then, you know, the second half comes around. They're like, Oh, okay, fine. We gotta, we, we can't lose. Oh, so we gotta, we gotta I, change this. I just found something I've been looking for, for, for a good portion of our podcasts. Uh, Sam Svendiari, who is a golden state warrior blogger, uh, and podcaster said, uh, you know, he was tweeting back and forth with me about some clips. And he said, you know, this play reminded me of when golden, when golden state tried to run some of their pet sets for Steph Curry off ball, but with Kelly Oubre initiating <laughs> and it's like, it's like, like personnel really matters in some of this finer point stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I first half four of 17 from three, uh, second half 10 and 25. Um, that's the story. Uh, Tim Hardaway jr. Made six of seven in the second half. I mean, didn't things feel normal in that second half when Tim was getting loose and, and Luca was finding him in the corners and he was getting some shots above the break. Like I felt, and and that's why, like I'm going crazy here because it's like this works. Like mm-hmm. uh, obviously, a new coach is going to want to do new things, but it's it just it's just mind boggling to me that you'd want to you'd want to change something so drastically. And then that the, the reason is going to be, well, you got to be better for the playoffs. I'm like, this isn't. I mean, and now this is a change. That's not. Playoffs, yeah, but that's also not going to do anything for you in the playoffs when the players when your talent level is as such but you know it was good to see at least uh you made a point about dorian he had two shot attempts in the second half and he was a plus 20 in the second half <laughs> um so there 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 you go uh hardaway scored 17 in the second half i mean it was just it looked like you know good mavericks basketball that we've seen the last two seasons uh and and they need to keep doing that uh if they want to try to make, you know, Kristaps, you know, feel like a big special boy and get him more shot attempts, okay, that's fine. But yep. uh, they still got to do this other stuff too. And they got they can't go too far. And I think I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that the film sessions from this first game and then now this second half, like they cannot roll out uh, against Houston next week and do the same dog and pony show with Dwight and KP and Dwight just standing there. Like I hope that we – that some of this slowly kind of gets chipped away uh, and we let this team be good at what they're good at while also like, Hey, the defense is better through two games, I think. So, yeah. and that's the thing that we were hoping for the most with the new coaching change, I think. Man. So we don't join post-game media. I, I want just, I, I kind of want to pull back the curtain. Josh <laughs> is an actual trained journalist, like can, and maybe one day we'll go to games again, but frankly, it's not worth our time. And the way the media has the coverage uh, these days, it's very difficult to get anything on. We have a couple of Mavs Moneyball staffers, Luke and Lauren, who join post-game and pre-game availability when they can to try to write stories around the things the team says. But more often than not, it it they just don't give you anything anymore. 
and so it's not worth your time. Nick Angstad of of you know formerly of Mavs Moneyball here, who who is part of Locked On, says he asked Coach Kidd about Reggie Bullock playing only 15 and 17 minutes in the first two games. He answered that it was still early in the season, and quote, "I'm sorry you thought that he should play more." Like, what the fuck kind of answer is that, man? <laughs> like, you, you're paying this man ten million dollars a year, and he was your marquee offseason addition. Like, is this still just more of 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 you know? disjointed understanding between coach and front office gosh i hate that hey uh, stuff like this i'm just more like hey uh of all the things for for kid to copy rick carl on i don't need snippety post-game answers to do like like, like we're we're looking we talked about the minutes earlier and and as much as i appreciate dorian being a plus 15 i want these guys to like get their feet wet a little bit they don't want tim hardaway to 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 drown you know Anyways. Yeah, this was this was like a playoff rotation tonight. You can't like against a bad team. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I know, but people are probably you know we're probably going to get messages tomorrow about how we're not being positive enough. But I mean, yeesh. Anyways, all right. Well, you know, we got a couple more days between uh, the, the the Mavericks. I want to say, if I'm looking at the calendar right, they play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So you and I will probably be talking a fair amount next week. Um, this was, it's, it's kind of an odd opening to the, yeah, they play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. God, they play a, a Halloween game. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we're the, I have to find, I'm, you know, I, I have a five-year-old. I, you know, two 30 in the afternoon. Maybe I'll, be able, maybe I'll be able to watch it. I don't know. Cause trick or treating doesn't start till after. See, look at me. I'm just already, uh, I'm already thinking about this like a dad. <laughs> All right, guys, this is, this has been fun as always. Josh, you got anything else? No, I think that's about it. Um, you know, if people want to scream at us for not taking too much away from the Hawks game, then I'm just going to counter right back at you that, you know, the Mavericks beating the Raptors by eight, uh, not a great it, sign is not, <laughs> I'm not impressed. So yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm glad there were there were the signs so what they won because if they lost we would have come in here being like see i told you so i know, I know. <laughs> we'll wait we'll wait till all-star break for that no no because you know what i mentioned <laughs> this today i mentioned this today online you and i like i'm i think i'm more of a fan because you're just a little more analytical than me but we are both huge like we invest way too much of our time in this for a for a fan you know fan analyst website we would prefer that they win like I'm much more invested in that. I don't want them to lose. I, more clicks I would rather when they people, win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would rather people tell us that that I'm wrong about such and such thing. It's just I'm not a moron, and you and I both know a lot of basketball. That's a little bit, I think. That's I fair. think we do. <laughs> you know, and and it's just like when we talk about this sort of stuff, it's much more criticism of of process and 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 that sort of thing, and. It would also be one thing if you and I weren't proved, proven right a lot, you know. Like I, I was, I was floored by your your piece the other day when you wrote, you know, the offense wasn't broken; it just needs better players. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. We've just been that talking about tombstone. that for two years. Yeah, I'm. I'll just say this: if I feel like if I feel really prickly, more prickly than normal, like after every post game pod, like even if the Mavs run off like ten in a row, and I'm still feeling a little weird. Like, I'm just sorry. Like, the fact that this is, like, the same group of guys since February of 2019, like, part of that is just there's a chunk of my brain that it's that's that fact is occupying it 24-7, runs on a loop, 
you know, bashing me in the head. And like, yeah. there's just a bit of brain meltage from seeing the same team over and over again, despite the fact that we've been talking about the same deficiencies after the end of each season over and over again. So that might be part of it. I'll try to be better about it, you know, but there's just, there's just a part of my brain that just can't shut that part of it off, which isn't fair to like, you know, we have to talk about, this is a new season. Like we have to talk about it somewhat differently, especially when we're talking about like these individual games, you know, when we talk more about broader points, uh, you know, stepping back, that's maybe when we can use that information a little bit more. So I promise I'll try not to be as, no, no. as weird about that. No, we I've gotten some delightful messages that people want us to bring because you know what? There's a wide variety of Mavericks media available. And if you want, you know, all all you know, uh sunshine and butterflies, you can probably find that. We're I think, you know, it's it's it is hilarious to me that I'm a little more on the hey, this might be okay side of things, because that just hasn't been the case for like two years. <laughs> yeah, no. We'll see. All right. This has been great. We'll be uh as always, you know, feel free to subscribe. Uh, you know, we really want feedback on this sort of thing. Uh, download Green Room and participate in that. I've been having some nice post-game discussions uh, with fans and, and stuff during the week as well. Uh, I don't know what our podcast schedule will be. We'll do the post-game ones. I want to try to get in some extra ones during the week, but I'm not sure if we'll be able to find the time. Uh, and, and, you know, because we do have guests that, that we would like to try to get on, but we'll see. We have a big, heavy week of Mavs content ahead. Uh you know, come to MavsMoneyBall.com and thank you so much for giving us a listen and I hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.